Hey, what's up, guys? Phoenix from Full Drop Podcast here, back with another interview. On this week's episode, we got the homie Tony from Vice Iowa City. Um, we're going to dive deep into, you know, about himself. We already interviewed the guys from Vice, and that was such a great interview. We got into, you know, how they did the Nike buyout, about themselves and everything. Uh, but this episode is really about Tony and his journey and um, kind of how he came to, you know, opening up a store with, the, you know, Peter and D and just kind of his life. Uh, he doesn't talk about too much of his life we were talking about. And so uh, it's going to be cool for you guys to hear about everything, his stories. And then, the, um, of course, we're going to talk vintage. You know, you can't, you can't go with the podcast with Tony and myself without talking some vintage. Um, but before we get into that, we do want to thank you guys for uh, listening to the Johnny Mars interviews uh, last week. We definitely appreciate it. Um, do want a quick plug for Johnny. His album, The Horizons, out now, available everywhere. Um, and he's got CDs, co- CDs, I should say, on uh, Bandcamp, I want to say. So definitely check that out. Uh, definitely a really great album. And uh, one, of, one of my favorites of the year, for sure. Um, but before we get into today's interview, I do want to just quickly mention um, that we, you know, 2020 is coming up and Manny and I have been talking and um, we're just going to keep on bringing content to you guys, but we want to bring, you know, better content, better guests, um, just, just overall, just really want to grind this next year. Uh, Manny and I have been talking about it so much and this year was such a a great year. Um, Definitely a lot of highs, definitely, of course, some lows, but that's life. Um, But the thing that I've noticed and just am really excited about is this upcoming year. Uh, I think, I think it could be really great for you know all of you guys, but um, just speaking on myself, I, I, I can't wait to see um, this journey that you know going to take next year, um, and Manny as well. I know he's really excited about this upcoming year, and just for you guys at home, you know, listening and everything, you know, what what's your goals and what's your um, kind of passion, you know, to to bring into the next year? That's something that I've always been big on is bringing your passion, bringing your drive. Um, and then, you know, just making it nonstop and keep going. Uh, what's been going on with me, I, you know, Bowie and I started our website, the archiveia.com. Uh, we're selling vintage on there. Uh, it's definitely, you know, been going well. We, we definitely appreciate, you know, all the support and love. Um, we just wrapped up doing a giveaway also. Um, the winner will be announced probably the same day as this podcast. So we don't know right now, but we were doing a $20 store credit giveaway. Just show back these holidays and everything. Um, and then the content wise, you know, we're looking to keep on grinding, Manny and I, we're looking, like you said, 2020 is coming up. We're looking to upload more video for you guys on full drop TV. Um, we're close to a thousand subscribers, which is so awesome. Um, we're trying to hit that. So if you guys haven't go subscribe, um, but overall it's just, you know, keep on grinding, keep on working. That's, that's definitely the goal. Um, and you see people for example, like Tony, who I, I see him grind, you know, 24 seven. And, um, it's definitely the reason why we wanted to get him on and talk with him. This was very random. Um, it happened kind of in a two day kind of, we, we've always wanted to, um, you know, Tony on and Tony and I have talked together about getting him on the podcast and everything just for like a solo interview. But, uh, Tony came down from, uh, Iowa city and he was in, you know, um, our city, you know, he was in Des Moines and, uh, we were thrifting and everything. And, uh, we wanted to record something, so we uh, were actually shooting this. We shot this in his car, so this interview is from a couple weeks ago, um, and so we wanted to bring it to you guys before the year ends. And um, that's yeah, that's kind of the main thing um, going into this episode that I want you guys to uh, just listen for is definitely 
people's stories are just so crazy and uh maybe you guys can relate to some of the stuff he talks about as well um but before we get into the interview i do want to say you guys can listen to us everywhere um you know apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify and of course the anchor app shout out to anchor for sponsoring this podcast and uh 2020 guys it's it's coming up it's literally today is the 18th um recording this intro and uh, what are you guys doing for next year, man? Uh, let us know, you know, uh, hit us up on Instagram, all that stuff. Um, but without further ado, I'll stop talking. Let's get into Tony's interview. Uh, this is Tony from Vice Iowa City. All right, guys, what's up? It's Phoenix Full Drop Podcast here, back with another episode. Uh, we got the homie Tony from Vice uh, coming all the way down from Iowa City, but he's he's in my territory now. He's in Des Moines. I feel like we never link up in Des Moines. It's always us coming out to Iowa City, so yep. it's pretty sick to uh, to meet up in Des Moines. We just had we just had lunch over at Smitty's Tenderloin. Shout out! This is not a sponsor, but uh, it was it was pretty good. That shit, yeah, that yeah. Was, that's some good shit. Yeah, for sure. So um, we we always talked about having you on like just for a solo episode and like kind of talking through things and. Kind of uh, hearing your story, man, because I feel like a lot, you know, we've, we've worked together a lot through, you know, YouTube and, like, things like that. And just, yep. like, you know, we become friends off, off uh, you know, all the other stuff, like vintage and everything. and um, But we never really got in deep dove into your story and, like, why you decided to do this and why you kind of decided to do everything like that. So, first of all, why don't you tell the people about yourself? Yeah, man. So, my name is Tony, uh, one-third owner of Vice Iowa City. Um we had all three of us on, you yeah. know, do the Vice episode. We talked a lot about the, the Nike buyout and stuff. But, yeah, man, I'm just a 28-year-old. It's kind of crazy to say that, getting close to 30. Um, but, yeah, man, I collect vintage T-shirts. I've been doing it for a while now, just running the store. Um, yeah, just got got a lot of stuff going on. Just wanted to get on here and yeah. know, talk about some stuff, man. For sure, man. And uh, before we get into kind of like today and like what's – you know what you guys go you know what you have going on today i want to kind of take a step back and like talk about talk about the upbringing man talk about the childhood to you know where you're at to kind of where everything started for you um with wanting to start a business and wanting to create and like do things like that um so let's take it back man where you where you originally from and like what's kind of what was your upbringing like starting uh so i was born in forest park illinois which is just a few miles outside of the city of chicago um, so yeah, man, back then it was, you know, everything was great. It was playing outside on bikes, like watching the bulls win championships. Yeah. Like I always remember we would go outside and like bang pots and pans and drive around. And like, that was like what the city did, you know, yeah. the bulls would win a ship and we'd go do that. So I had a bunch of bulls stuff, you know, had some retro Jordans back in the day. Um, I really had a cousin, um, my cousin, Sean, who lives in the city and he always had like multiples of the Jordans. Yeah. And, like, at the time, I still didn't really know about it. And I started getting to college. And I'm seeing, like, man, he buys multiple of these. He flips some. He keeps some. And it kind of got me hip into, like, the shoe game. Yeah. And I never really became the biggest collector of shoes, but I had a bunch. You know, I ended up working at Finish Line that we can get into. But it all kind of started from that, like, seeing my cousin get into sneakers and, like, Jordan and, like, all that 90s stuff. So I think that's why I'm so drawn to, you know, having the store and just being surrounded by nostalgia because that was such a – a good happy time in my life you know i think that's why we're all drawn to stuff from like yeah. that era yeah um but yeah i was just big into wrestling video games music i remember my dad had a metallica ride the lightning uh, a kiss album santana and then he brings home a blink 182 enema of the state yeah and i'll never forget this dude walks in the door 
I don't even remember how old I would have been. It was what two thousand when that yeah, CD came yeah. out. So I'd have been like nine. And he's like, he's like, yo, he's like, I got some new tunage. And he pulls the CD out the bag, and I see the cover. Yeah. And the name, which I had no idea what the name meant, but I, you know, you see the cover, and you're like, oh, what is this? And yeah. like, all the small things was huge, and you know, that album kind of changed my life, man. Like that, that really was a big album for me. So, yeah, man, just being surrounded by all this stuff back then, and and then my family, we uh. My brother was gonna have to go to Proviso East High School, so if you're from the city, you know that that's uh, a <laughs> not not a lot of white students go there. And my yeah. brother's kind of more on the nerdy side, yeah. like you know, scholarly. And so, man, we packed up and moved to Iowa, and that's where I uh, I went to Clear Creek Amanda and Tiffin, and ended up going to the university. So, Sick. And yeah. yeah, going into that kind of move from like Illinois to Iowa. I mean, it's still Midwest and everything, but like. What was your thoughts coming into Iowa at first? <laughs> Bro, I had no idea what Iowa was. Like, yeah. there's people making fun of me in middle school back in Illinois. They're like, they call it Ohio or Idaho. And like, yeah. even me, I'm like, I don't, I didn't know where it was at. And it's like literally right next door on the map. So yeah. it was like, it felt weird, but we had, we had gone a few times and like, I have some family like Lone Tree, like small country town. And it was cool, man. It just, it was safer. We could play outside even until later and stuff. Yeah. And like, it was a lot more carefree and slower living. So I, I loved it. Adjusted pretty quick. So feel that and so you mentioned like you know kind of being into like all the 90s nostalgia and like you know sneakers jordan you know being around illinois when they were winning so much you know not yeah. as much now but like you know <laughs> uh in that era um were you into you know fashion or sneakers and things like that going into like the move to iowa you know you got a little bit older things like man i thought i was but i looked back at pictures and i was i mean i was kind of a chubby kid too so i was just kind of awkward um but I mean, I had some like the Bulls, the old Bulls yeah. championship tees. I remember I had one, um, I had one Stone Cold Steve Austin T-shirt because yeah. my mom was not for it. Like, <laughs> just hated my it. favorite movie was Bloodsport. I wanted to watch wrestling all the time. She was like so against like violence and yeah. cursing. And uh, I had the one. It was like a a desert road and had a, a license plate on the side and like oh, a skull yeah. in the clouds. Yeah. So I didn't even have Stone Cold on it. But shout out <laughs> But that was my. Uh, that was my like only shirt, but not uh, wasn't too sauced out. But I I had a few pieces here and there, so I think that's what really drove me to when I got my first like real job and like started making my own money. I was kind of like, man, it would be cool to yeah. have the stuff that I wanted and not necessarily ever had, you know. So yeah. I think that's where it all started from. For sure, and like getting into you know you mentioned before that you worked at Finish Line. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's take me back to the Finish Line days, right. man. So so. I, I graduated from the University of Iowa with a degree that was like recreation and sport business. You okay. know, I was like, oh, I'll work in the front office. I'll do ticket sales, yeah. all that, blah, 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 work my way up. And I got a, uh, my minor was like entrepreneurial or entrepreneurship. So it was like a certificate that you could get. And that kind of opened my eyes to like, man, it'd be cool to open a business, yeah. all this and that. And I've talked about it before. I, uh, it was one of our big projects for like the end of the semester and it was to draw a business plan for like a business you'd want to do and you kind of pitch it to the class and me and this kid it was more my idea but i was like yo i want to do like a clothing store like a and it's called the workshop and uh it was going to be all like kind of like fresh cut wood on the inside and like you know the big red uh uh, tool drawers yeah like have t-shirts folded in there but the but to date it it was like back then it was like oh we're gonna have pink dolphin we're gonna have like all this stuff like so it was kind of the buy sell trade wasn't a thing yet. So it's kind of like, you know, Iowa City was lacking in that area. Like there's nowhere cool for guys to shop or like get stuff. There's a full kit, but you know, it needed something fresh. 
So even way back in college, that was like an idea in my head. So I graduate and my, my now fiance, she graduated the same year and she, um, was going to Purdue to get her master's master's degree. So I kind of had to make the choice. I was like, well, it was easy. I'm just going to go out there and like figure it out, try and get a job with my degree. Like I don't have any plans. And I get out to Lafayette, Indiana and it sucked. Like Lafayette is, is not cool. (laughs) Like like West Lafayette is cool. The university's there, but Lafayette is very like industrial, like Caterpillar factory, Subaru factory. So I ended up, I'm like, there's a mall, like I like shoes, I had a bunch of Jordans and th- that I was selling off to pay rent, Yeah. and I get a job at Finish Line, and man, like, I met some great people, a lot of good connections, like people I still talk to today, a lot of good friends, but working in that environment, like the retail, yeah. like, d- it was like soul crushing. Yeah. Like, I almost thought like, man, like I can't do this, I was one step away from being a store manager, Yeah. and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll be a store manager, I have my own yeah. store, like things would be great. But that, that shit beats you down super yeah. quick. So uh, that's what drove me to uh, my uncle. He's really the only, like, super successful person in my family. Mm-hmm. Like, my dad drives a taxi cab. Like, he's done that for the past, what, 10 years at this point. And uh, his brother started a real successful catering business in California. Okay. And he always told me, you know, if you want to come out here, like, we can figure out, like, a sales-type job and this and that. And I literally, like... I told I told Brooke I was like yo I gotta take this opportunity and like try and like get some experience or like see what I can do and so I just literally took off and moved to California just because finish line was like killing me yeah and and look you know looking at that so for sure like you know I've worked retail you know all that and like it definitely can't be soul crushing especially for the money you make like you think about how much you sell versus how much you make and then just the I guess that's the schedule, the business, the... Well, the, the thing about Finish Line, man, like, we were on commission. Mm-hmm. They took that away from everybody, and they did this, like, bonus structure. Yeah. And it, it fucked everybody. Like, yeah. we were making... We couldn't hit the bonuses, no matter how hard we tried. And then uh, the really thing... The thing that pushed me over the edge was Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> man, I had to... One year, I had to be at the store at, like, 4.30 p.m. I'm like... And I'm already, like, away from family. I can't go back home. And then you can't even have like a Thanksgiving yeah. because you have to be at, at work at four thirty in the afternoon, and I, I just got to the point where like I when I have my own family and kids I can't be missing every yeah. holiday to yeah. be working for somebody else and making sales for them so that's really what pushed me over the edge man yeah and then at that point you know you look at so you know you th- you decide the day that you, you know you quit what was that feeling like kind of like it, fuck it, finish <laughs> line like. I mean, Did you have like a crazy like quit story, or was it more no, just like no, all right, it bro, was, I'm out. I told I told my manager because I I was in MIT and like yeah. you know it's a, a spot to fill that like you have to work your way up to and I was like yo I'm taking this job in California yeah. like I gotta go for it and they were they were all super supportive and like happy for me and I just remember feeling like free I'm yeah. like I get to go home for about a month like and then just like move my happy ass out to California like yeah. pack everything up in my car so I felt on top of the world but still at the same time like not knowing where life was going to lead me i yeah. just it was kind of like a blind like i'm gonna move to california and like see what happens yeah. so. and then with you know with your uh you know with brooke too you know deciding and talking about that like how was that because that's a you know that's a serious conversation and like decision of like looking into like yo i'm gonna go clear across the country to go like do yeah. my thing like and everything how how was that kind of process and like I, kind of honestly 
I was probably kind of selfish about it because I was like, I knew I was going to do it. And it was kind of like, you have one year left of school. Like, maybe you can come out. We can make it work in California for a couple years before we, like, settle down back in Iowa. But it was like, I knew in my heart I had to do it. Otherwise, I was going to be stuck and just unhappy. Like, I was coming home from work just, like, pissed off. And, you know, that's just not good. Like, you can't go through life beating yourself down in a job that you hate and just coming home and it affecting your home life. Mm -hmm. Like, if it gets to that point, like, you've got to figure out something that can be better because life is too short to to do that. I remember just, I was, like, miserable, man. So it was kind of like, you know, we've been together long enough. Like, I think we can do this long distance, and, like, I just need to make it happen, you know, for our our future. For sure. And and it's dope, like, the understanding between that, too, and everything. And then, you know, going to California, so now we're in California, um you know, working for a coast catering company. How is that, like, you know, jumping in from the finish line into there? Like, how is California even? Because, you know, being out there is a, is a different vibe. California was dope. So I was in San Jose. Um, his catering kitchen is in Palo Alto, which is where, like, Stanford is. Yeah. And it's the middle of, like, Silicon Valley. I'll never forget one of the <laughs> – it's pretty early on, you know, I got my license switched over, and I had to drive a catering truck, and it was, like, the big yeah. – you know, the uh, – kind of like the white long vans with like no windows in the back and it's like six in the morning and i'm cruising down the interstate it's like perfect weather palm trees fucking tupac was on the radio i felt like i was on like a grand theft auto like heist mission it didn't feel like real life like yeah yeah, i'm just doing catering shit and i'm like but this shit's dope the vibe was crazy and like i don't know there's so much about it that changed my life for the better i think because i was out there alone I went to concerts by myself. Mm-hmm. I would drive into the city to go, like, shopping and, like, thrifting. I was going to flea markets. Like, being on your own, like, especially with having a, a girlfriend of that long, you're so used to, like, having someone to mm-hmm. do everything with. So getting outside your comfort zone and, like, driving to San Francisco and then just, like, walking around solo, like, or going to a concert. Like, I went yeah. to the I went to the St. Pablo tour, and I was in the mosh pit just by myself. Just, yeah. like, had the time of my life. And that might sound weird to people, but if you can get in the space where you can just enjoy it, like there was no friends like telling me, Oh, let's go here. I need to get a drink. Like I was free. I could do whatever, you know? And like, it's such a freeing experience. You kind of learn more about yourself. And like, I think it's something people should maybe try to do more. Cause 'Cause like you, and that's the truth because like I've always been big on it. And it is the truth is you can't in relationships, but just in general, kind of like you can't make anyone else happy unless you're, self is happy you know yeah. like you got to learn how to love yourself and self-care and all that kind of shit because it's it's very important because you can't have a clear mind to move your you know move forward with your life with somebody else if you're not yourself like can you know know what you want yeah. and like to be by yourself and do those things a lot of people look at you weird if you go like oh i'm gonna go to the movies by myself even or like shit like that you know i will I mean? say that was the one thing i always say is like i never went to a movie by myself and yep. i, I did, that's where i draw the line like i move by yourself is kind of weird. <laughs> i've done it so like it, it's it, it is awkward but like at the same time it depends on the movie because like comedies if i go to see a comedy like with somebody like you know what i mean and like they i don't know laugh at fucking everything like i'm just there in my fucking <laughs> yeah. but but no i mean and that was dope too but just being out there well i guess so the job that i was doing um it was like a brew bus so it was like a school bus had kegs on it and i was supposed to like he just unveiled it and i was supposed to like be the salesman and the party lead and like it was kind of like my baby and man when i tell you that like sales sucks ass 
and like you have to be built for that shit. Yeah. I respect anybody that can sell people on anything because I was having to do like door to door like cold call sales yeah. in the middle of the Silicon Valley. So I'm literally I'm telling you I'm walking up to like Netflix, YouTube. I'm trying to get in the front door and I'm getting blocked by the receptionist because they won't let me go farther and I'm trying to pitch them this like bus. Yeah. Cuz out there there's a whole a whole vibe of like um, companies like will do these happy hours for their their yeah. uh, employees and it's a lot more laid back. So I'm like knocking on all these doors trying to get in and I was not very good at it. And like I thought I was going to be okay with like hearing no a lot and still pushing on, but you get told no like 20 times out of 20 tries, like it starts you, to man. beat down yeah. on you, man. So I realized real quick that I wasn't really cut out for sales, but I was working all sorts of jobs like we did Facebook parties and like 10,000 people events like I got to see a lot of cool stuff, but yeah. also, like, all right, sales wasn't for me. I'm running a cafe. I'm doing this and that. And it was a great time, a great experience, but I guess moral of the story is when I was out there is when I started hitting flea markets and really thrifting and, like, because the idea was in my head of, all right, I know we're not going to make it last in California. I'm going to have to move back to Iowa. What am I going to do? Mm-hmm. So that's where the idea of a store came into my head. Yeah, and what kind of you know that moment where you kind of realize in a way kind of like shit is hitting the fan you know like okay i'm only going to be out here for this set amount of time when i go back i don't want to go back to the same thing that i was at before i don't want to go get a retail job a normal nine to five or things like that um first of all what inspired you to kind of decide like oh i I think i want to open a store i think i want to do something with that so it was a combination of a few things i so I, I remember um, the round two show was just kind of becoming big. And it was still kind of relatively small at the time. But I remember every time a new episode would drop, I would be, like, reinvigorated. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to thrift harder. I'm going to get all this inventory. Like, I need to open a store. Like, their show made it seem very possible to do what they were doing. Yeah. Like, without that, without them killing it, how hard they were, and, like, showing the world through YouTube, like... I don't think I ever would have thought that I could start my own store. So watching round two pop up kept me motivated, but, and it's kind of cliche, but it was a hundred percent. Like I just like, I spoke it into existence. Like I literally, people would ask, Oh, what are you going to do when you move home? Like, Oh, I'm going to open my own store. And I kept, I just kept saying that. And (laughs) and it was kind of like, it was a bluff to a certain extent. Cause it was like, I had no idea how I didn't know with who, if by myself, whatever, but it was kind of like, I'm going to just keep beating into people's head that I'm coming home and I'm opening a store. And even to tell myself, like, you're not going to go back and do retail again. Like, you need to, like, this has to be worth something. Like, yeah. you had to have learned something and come back with, like, something different to, you know, to further your, your life. So, man, I really started hitting flea markets and thrifting. And, like, I think I shipped back, like, six of the biggest shipping boxes that they yeah. had. Because in my little apartment in California, I had this whole corner just stacked up with, like, inventory so i started the rebound vintage um uh instagram page yeah. and i was posting all the time stuff i was finding and like <laughs> it's funny to talk about it with d because in my header or my bio it said store coming soon to iowa city and of course d is back in iowa city and like <laughs> he did his kick it event that i eventually flew back for and was a vendor but i guess he saw that and was like who the fuck is yeah. this like store coming soon yeah. like and like yeah, man, it was just like I had no idea how or when or why, but I knew that's what I needed to do, you yeah. know. So, oh, for sure, and like that's something. Uh, 
once you find out or figure out what you want to do, it's like nothing's going to stop you for like what you want to do. Like whether it's a store, whether it's somebody saying, I'm going to, you know, become an artist and drop like music or whatever. Like once you find out your why or whatever you want to do, like it's just like tunnel vision. Like you're going to, you're going to keep on going. And and you have to be committed to it too, because at that point I told my parents that I told Brooke that I told her parents that I'd been spending all this money collecting an inventory and shipping it home. Like, I was, like, I felt like I was pretty deep into, like, well, if I don't do it, I'm going to look like an idiot and be stuck with all that stuff. And, like, so, like, you have to, like, commit yourself on the idea. And also, I already felt like moving to California and then coming back home, like, with this idea that I had cooked up is, like, I had to make it happen. Like, I felt like it was going to be a failure if I didn't at least try. And you got to... You gotta put yourself out there and make the first couple steps, or else you might not ever jump in yeah. at all. So well, that's that's for sure the truth. And then, you know, mentioning round two, um, you know, I actually saw like back then that you met Sean. Um, you know, when yeah. you went to round two and everything, did you kind of just was it more of like a meet that you're like, hey man, like what's up, or was it more like did you get to have a conversation with him or talk about anything about opening up a store? Well. So I was I was about to move home in a couple of months and I'm like yo I gotta go down to L A mm-hmm. while I'm here it was like I think it was like a six or eight hour drive for me yeah. so I drove like through the night and I had an Airbnb on I think it was Melrose or Fairfax whatever it was like again solo and I'm like all right I'm gonna go walk around shop and like go see round two and luckily the day that I was going around two I was walking back by and Sean was like walking out of the gallery which wasn't open to the public at the time. Yeah. So, and no one else was around and I just like kind of stopped and talked to him. And I, I think I did mention something. I was like, yeah, moving back to Iowa city to open a store. And I remember him saying something about like, um, like, yeah, man, like do that. Like if it, if the city needs it, like you gotta be the one to provide it and this and that. And it was like real smooth conversation. He's like super nice guy. Like no like celebrity shit. Yeah. Just like, and they weren't even that big. Like, of course they were big. They were in LA. So that was pre Nike shoot, wasn't it? Or, yeah, it would have yeah. been pre ninety seven. Like it was pretty early on, and like he was just very welcoming and like yeah. we, we had a little talk, but nothing like crazy. But I remember telling them again, like yo, telling him, like now I told Sean I'm gonna have a store. So now yeah. he needs to know. Like hopefully, hopefully he's heard advice. Maybe not, but you know. <laughs> yeah, and that's the, uh, and that's the thing though. Like you see people, and especially like meeting somebody that like kind of influence you in a way and it's like yo like now i told this dude like now yeah. it's serious dude like now well, i'm for and sure it, gonna... and it was weird like seeing those guys it felt like you knew them just yeah. from watching the show yeah. and being so invested in their success like and taking it as like a step to my own it was like i felt like i knew him already so it was like easy to talk to him and and approach him so yeah it was really cool man that was that was a good experience for sure and then so then you move back to iowa you know you got this inventory um now we we mentioned it on earlier on the uh, like the vice episode and everything about how you guys did kick it and like all that stuff and you yeah. guys came together but before that you move back you have this inventory <laughs> what what's your mindset going man, and you're like man that, i got to open up this fucking store or like, that was that was the that was the rough the the hard awkward time man cuz like so the day that i so i got back in the middle of the night on it would have been october 16th and October 17th is Brooke and I's anniversary. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I got to propose like the day, the first yeah. day I'm home. Yeah. Like I got like no way she's expecting me to like have a ring and this yeah. and that. So like the morning of the 17th, I wake up, I go talk to her mom. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to ask your daughter to marry me. Like, do you care? Like, or like, you know, all that, the regular traditional stuff. And yeah. she said, yeah. And then I go buy a ring, like pick it out, all this stuff. And I, I propose 
and uh, it was awesome. You know, she said yes, whatever. But then it's kind of like, all right, well, now I'm engaged. I don't have a job. I just moved back. I bought a ring. Like, I'm telling everybody I'm opening the store. Like, what's the plan? Like, there's no business plan. Yeah. So I start working at the Vine, which I worked at all through high school and college. And I knew I could, like, get back in there and at least start getting into the restaurant and getting tips and stuff. And, man, I don't even remember, honestly. It's such a blur, but it was still thrifting, still posting pieces and, like, um, getting connected again with Peter and D, like I said, from the Kick It event. Yeah. Talking to them, like, yo, we got to make this happen. Because I remember looking at a spot for myself, and it was like the Hall Mall, which is like upstairs, is in the middle of Ped Mall, but it's like upstairs, like dusty, old, like, I don't, it's not a mall. Like, yeah. it's, it's a weird word to describe it. But, and I was looking at the space, and I'm like, oh, I could have my store in here, but I'm like, by myself like what if i have to go to the bathroom breaks close i'm like there's like it it dawned on me that you cannot do it like one man show by yourself so that's when i really linked up with peter and d and man we went back and forth for it felt like a while of like do we do a store do we just do ebay is it the two of us is the three of us and it was a lot of like back and forth but we did a couple pop-ups along the way Mm -hmm. that told us like all right we need to sign a lease get it started and go from there and that's that's what we did took it off the strength of pop-ups and put our faith into everything yeah, for sure and like and and that's definitely such a like an interesting story of like and you know we we talked about it before too but just like three people that kind of like never really hurt like you said like the soft store coming soon and shit and it's like you guys meet through all this and like kind of go and just come together with the idea of opening a store and like that entrepreneurship in such a you know a place of Iowa you know you don't think there's people like that like you out there yeah um but with you you know like when when was the moment where the you stopped working with the vine and like kind of get into that well and to go back a second I like when we first were like getting into everything and like okay we did the pop-ups now we're gonna sign the lease like no one understood like yeah. so my future like you know mother-in-law and everything like they were very like skeptical like they're like you need to have a nine-to-five you're gonna get married like how are you gonna support this and that like had no idea like they had no idea what this stuff was about and they looked at it like a hobby even my own parents were like they're like supportive of course but they're like they had no idea what the potential of this was and like how i was gonna make money and stuff so i was still working at the vine um but we get open in february and you know I'm still working the vine. D was working at the hospital for a while, doing yeah. like twelve hour shifts, three <laughs> nights a week, and then being at the store twenty four seven. But then December rolls along, and uh, my fiance was diagnosed with breast cancer, and that was just kind of like a like what the fuck? Like we had bought a house, the store was going well. It's like a like, hit of the kind of breaks of it, like you know, everything was going so well, and it was such a fun, exciting time. And then like for that to happen, it was kind of mm-hmm. like why is this happening you know yeah. like a it, it's hard to explain and it was such a blur too like she got the um she got the diagnosis or whatever and then real quick had the surgery the day after christmas and then all of a sudden is like well she needs chemo yeah and then we go through all the chemo and like losing her hair and like we end up pushing the wedding back yeah. so we still aren't married we've been together like 10 plus years now yeah. but yeah i mean life just throws that stuff at you like everything could be going so well and like all of a sudden something pops up and like i mean i use her as a real source of like strength because like 
I couldn't imagine, yeah. you know, like the stuff I saw her go through, like I got my blood drawn once and I like, I almost passed out Yeah. and she's getting chemo and like needles and MRIs. And like, I use that as like fuel to like, I quit the vine. I'm like, I'm going to be with you through everything. And it was, a, it was a blessing too. Cause yeah. like D and Peter held me down and like ran the store whenever I needed to. If I had a regular nine to five, I would have, I would have had to miss out on certain yeah. doctor appointments or like who knows. So you, because of that, like, you know, then you're really there and like, you know, you, and like you said that everything goes well and then there's like this kind of stop where like something like that happens and, you know, being there for somebody that, you know, you love of course, and they, they support you, but now it's like some serious shit happens and like, it's, this is like some serious, you know, things like what was kind of the thought process? Was there ever a point where you were like, okay, I, I really got to focus on, you know, us versus, like, the store, or is it always just, like, okay, we can make this work, I'm going to do this for our future, and, you know, of course, her as well. Yeah, um, well, luckily, she's a, a trooper, like, she, <laughs> I don't think she missed a single day of work that wasn't, like, doctor mandated, nice. so, like, she made it, like, seem so easy, yeah. where, like, I was back at the store, like, just, like, regular, unless she had, like, doctor's appointments or stuff we had to figure out, like, even when she had chemo, she would, I think she'd take the rest of the day off and she'd be back at work the next day or like traveling with her rowing team like so luckily like it made it easy for me to like be back at the store and being you know a regular team member but now it just if anything it just pushed me farther I'm like well if she's gonna fight through this like That's, we're gonna yeah. make the store work if and she's like fighting gonna, if she's fighting through something like that then anything's like you know yeah and then that's just one of those things where like man that that type of thing can like knock you down and you can you can get into drugs and alcohol or yeah. like being depressed. Like there's so many ways you can like take a hit like that and go yeah. south. But yeah. it's really like important to like take those things and learn from them and grow and like just hustle even harder, man. Yeah. Like, so in, in a weird way, like, I don't know, man, it, make, it definitely makes you stronger. It makes you look at life different and like little petty things don't do even, not, yeah. do not mean that much when you look at like, what could happen or what could be going on like yeah. it, it makes like getting scammed on a shirt or something yeah. seems so <laughs> insignificant but yeah man it's just it's part of life man you take those bumps and you keep going it's just yeah. it's crazy and how, how is she doing now she's good yeah. um done with all the chemo and radiation and everything we got the the wedding is fingers crossed hope <laughs> happening <laughs> june 20th so like we're we're on the on the track to get that knocked out finally i know she's been waiting yeah 10 plus years now but <laughs> you know everything's good that's awesome man and that's such a important thing and i'm glad that you know we talked about it as well because it's it's, it's just so important that you, like you said like the the small little like petty things in life like yeah like they're things but they're not as important as you know just family and you know especially like relationships and the, with being with the people that you love because no matter what anything can happen like that you know like yeah it's it's, it's wild you never know you gotta take every day as a, as a blessing because really that stuff can change in a, in a heartbeat man some people you know yeah. wake up and go to work and don't come home because yeah. of a car accident or something you yeah. never know like how life can swing but you just gotta take every day like it's a blessing and, and keep your head up for sure and you know going you know into like keeping the business going and now you guys you know you even you yourself like you're taking this to the next level you know with doing different things like you guys started the podcast you're doing um you know even making appearances like on our stuff and yeah. things like that like people are really getting to know you are you working you know kind of towards i guess just making 
a personal brand? Like, do you consider yourself, like, kind of brand? Because when you work on stuff, you know, different things, like, you become your own brand, you become, you know, you work harder and you become that self-image. Like, is that something that you kind of care about? Yeah, 100%. But it, it's the, it's like the Vice brand, I feel yeah. like. Like, like my Instagram, I changed it from Rebound Vintage to Tony Vice IC because, like, I take pride in what we've created, what we're creating, and, like, that's all I care about, you know, yeah. is, like, how people perceive the store, like, and I've had people tell us that, like, our customer service is, like, unbeatable, like, we, like, shit, I answer DMs at, like, two in the morning, yeah. you know, like, I mean, you you can't hit up round two and get an answer ever, yeah. like, anymore, you know, yeah. so it's, like, we take pride in, like, answering every DM and, like, just being on top of our shit and, like, it, it means everything to us and, like, giving back to the community that supports us so heavy, like, it means, it means everything, so... And there's something that, you know, we've talked about before and, like, where to set up and where to, you know, versus, like, setting up in Iowa City versus setting up in, like, Chicago or somewhere bigger. Is that something that means a lot to you is representing for the community there and the university? And because I feel like even talking with people that, like, don't even know kind of, like, funny enough, like, so my uh, girlfriend's sister, she goes to the school and, like, she's heard of you guys, but she has no, like, idea of what the hell anything she she knows like i sell vintage and stuff like yeah. that but she doesn't care about like, any of that stuff and like you guys i feel like are like becoming like a staple of like iowa city in a way and, like yeah i mean and and it's you can make a splash in a city like iowa city a lot easier than yeah. being another fish in a pond like chicago you know like yeah of course like if you can make it in chicago and blow up you're probably going to be bigger but if you can get that base in your like hometown and have really people are really supporting you and like no matter what you do they're gonna fuck with you i think that makes all the difference and then you're like round two did like you make your staple in richmond you grow a following like online and then you're gonna be able to be successful wherever you go yeah. so i think it's really about locking in where you're from and like getting a community behind you first so i think that's really important do you ever see kind of your guys like move into like a different city or like is it more just we We've thrown around the idea. Um, we really, you know, obviously, most people have been to the store, like, know what the store is right now. It's a pretty unique little spot. So we're going to eventually have to move into, like, a permanent Iowa City spot. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, the main focus is getting that, like, this is where Vice is going to be. It's going to be a lot, like, you know, nicer, like, more upgraded. And, like, once we get that going, then it could be, all right, maybe, maybe somewhere in Wisconsin needs a yeah. store. Maybe Madison doesn't have a store. Or what I'm starting to more think about is like if we can get the store running you know get employees in there and like have it running by itself investing more into iowa city into different facets like mm -hmm. i think there's things that need to happen in iowa city to make it a more like cohesive college town like experience that like maybe we could start a, a pizzeria like you know just like just there's different so things something you know like i want to i want to get my hands into more things maybe not just the store you know yeah. maybe not multiplying the store but the three of us open up something else that like helps build the community in the city yeah. so and then that's such a, a thing that i always like to see too is because you don't want to kind of be in a box of sense like you you want to kind of get your uh, you know have and wear different hats yeah the, the goal is not to be a store manager for yeah. like, like i'm not trying to be 50 and like sitting behind the counter and like yeah. the goal is to get it in place make it run train a staff that is going to run it and be Move the same the way and then we're gonna take off and do some other stuff and like still have vice but hopefully it can you know, turn and multiply into other things that we can help build the community. So that's, that's kind of where 
my head has been recently. For sure, because the, that's the goal. I mean, it, I don't know too many people. I mean, like, there, there's for sure are people out there, but the main goal is to get it running, get the employees or whatever, and then basically start collecting the checks and then be able to put that towards Inve- you know, Invest in other yeah. things, man. Like, diversify yourself, because, like, I still don't know enough about stocks and bonds and, yeah. like, there's... Like if you have money and it's just sitting still, it's it's dumb money. Yeah. I feel like the smart money is always in play somewhere else and building you and getting you to other places and stepping stones. So that's that's the mindset. And I didn't have that mindset starting the store. Yeah. It was kind of like oh, store store store. Yeah. Like, but now we've kind of got it where it's like all right, if we can get to that spot where we have a, it running by itself, like what's the next move, you know? Yeah. And who knows what that is? Like, yeah. We don't know yet. You don't know until you know again that that moment where it clicks and you're like okay i want to open up a pizza shop <laughs> things like that which would be dope yeah. if like, throw, well, like, and like and pete i don't know like have you seen the papa john interview what, no. what? <laughs> well, well papa john just does interview where he talks about how he ate 40 pizzas in 30 oh, days oh yes yeah yeah <laughs> and he looks terrible he's like yeah, sweaty and yeah gross. uh i don't know i just thought of that because pete loves pizza yeah. like he could eat pizza every day so we we're talking about like calling it like pete zaz P E T E like hyphen zaz or something like it'd be so dope just like oh shit we got to be at the pizza store we got to be at the pizza shop today or like yeah. we gotta, fuck maybe we have an arcade down the street yeah because like, like like i think like nate kading that he used to kick at iowa he made yeah. went to the nfl i think he started like tailgaters he has uh, his foot in like pullman and yeah. shorts and like those are the people that kind of run the city low-key that you might not know about but like they're there with their hand in everything yeah. and like it would be cool to get to that point. Yeah, know, so. where you have different things within your community that you have a portfolio, build exactly. a portfolio. You know, different entrepreneur like, yeah. and like that's kind of the spirit of an entrepreneur that you build up one thing, you get it stabilized, you either sell it or maybe you keep it running, and then you're on to the next thing. You're building something else, yeah. and always growing. Like that's that's the goal is and, keep growing. And that's the difference between a person who wants to do one thing for the rest of their life or an entrepreneur that wants to accomplish many things within their life is there is there something that you think i know you said that you don't kind of like know exactly but is there like a kind of checklist of sorts that you know that you think you want to do for like you know different times in your life whether it was like opening up a store then next like doing this is there a point in time where you think you'll like ever retire like just literally you know go in the sunset chilling or something like uh maybe but like i'd still like man the the people in my life that are successful they like they own real estate they're renting out properties and like if anything it would be like eventually owning properties that i'm renting out and like collecting checks through that and like chilling on the side like once but i mean man i think once you once you retire and you just chill and do nothing is when you start to decline and like i I feel like you just gotta just stay busy exactly forever like that's the goal i don't i think the uh i don't know this is kind of like random but like you know, like, the people who work the, the nine-to-fives for all those years and everything, which is, like, nothing, I have nothing against that, but, like, I feel like that generation of people who retire at 65 and do all this other stuff and then go golf and, like, you know, then move down to Florida or some shit, like, I feel like that is starting to die out, and yeah. then more and more people are going to be still creating stuff at that age. Well, like, and isn't, like, Social Security all fucked up, and, like, supposedly yeah. we're not going to have that money that they're getting in yeah. the future, and, like, who, like... No you might knows. have you might have to grind your whole life yeah. at this point. Like the economy is, you never know. And like, we got Trump in office yeah. maybe again. Like, who knows where this shit's going? So 
you always got to have a plan of your own yeah. to, to to be viable out here. So for sure, <laughs> uh, getting into something that I swear we never talk about in here. I've talked <laughs> about Manny and stuff. Um, I want to talk some vintage, man. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, starting off, first of all, like you know, we've we've done collection videos, we've done three now <laughs> and everything. Working on the fourth, man. I got I got yeah. some bangers since that third one ended. Jeez, man, like <laughs> just going. Um, how we know how you started collecting and everything. Um, I kind of want to get into like just some questions that I've been asked that like I'm always curious on other people's kind of input yeah. I guess um, how do you feel about the whole like single stitch versus double stitch debate that there's so much like you, you see people especially like you're new to the group of like yeah, there's face center. Thrift center shout out uh, <laughs> when you uh, a lot of people will post a single stitch t-shirt and because of single stitch think it's the most fire t-shirt and like how, what are your thoughts on like kind so, of that whole thing? So we kind of talked about it off pod earlier at lunch and stuff, and like me and Chris on the way to the bins today, we're talking about it too. It's like you can choose to get like upset about that type of stuff and like want to like yell at people and be like, "Yo, that shirt sucks," just because it's single stitch. Yeah. Like, but like we we all started there, and you don't want to be that grumpy like salty old head yeah. that's like, "Well, yeah, it's single stitch, but the shirt doesn't sell for shit." Like yeah. people like kids that get into the game around that honeymoon phase were like. They just see a cool shirt, and then they find out, like, oh, single stitch means it's old, and, like, they get a little too excited about yeah. it. But I, I, it's really not the end of the world, and, like, I know I've posted some shit back in the day where I'm like, ugh. Like, yeah. But you got to – but then there has to be that old head that tells you, like – Yeah, you got to break the news. Yo, you're, like... you're, you're, you're wilding out right now. This shit's not that cool to, like, learn where the shit's at. So I people put a lot of emphasis into it, but, like, there's – cool ass double stitch shirts yeah. like i have a lot of double stitch shirts that are cooler than some single stitch so yeah. it's like but then man when a single sh- single stitch shirt is faded to like charcoal and like the stitching is like yeah. that black yeah you can't beat that yeah, i don't man. know why that shit looks so cool and but. speaking of fades and everything i mean like there's a difference i feel like with people who collect that like some people are really into like the graphic but they don't like the fade or the holes that are distressing and then there's people that just love the t-shirt overall um, I know you're like a big fan of like the fade. If there's a way to describe to the people, what's kind of like your favorite fade of a t-shirt? Like, what's it looking like? Man, if you if you saw my Instagram, if you follow me, um, I got this Metallica shirt. It's uh, I think it's like a '94 pus head. It's got the like the orange flaming skull. Oh, yeah. It is like it's hard to describe. It's like the softest shade of gray, and it's like so soft. And like I said, the stitching is like a very stark contrast to the rest of the shirt yeah holes and paint everywhere and like I, it's, it's hard to describe why it's so cool and like i remember i posted it and someone's like yeah enjoy that until like the fad of like super faded shirts isn't cool anymore i'm like i'm like it's such a personal like yeah. objective opinion like regular shirt like dead sock shirts are cool too but like something about like that faded shirt is like is cool too like, yeah I, I mean a cool shirt's a cool shirt yeah. like there's always like different characteristics that that differentiate them but i don't know there's there's that vibe when you get one that's just faded yeah. so perfectly and like been washed a million times like, you can't replicate that they're trying no. to but yeah. like yeah, yeah and then know. you see that too that like people are like now out here like fading their own shirts and stuff and like i get it because like it's the look down and everything but like for me like I don't know if you remember. So, do you remember the Sting T-shirt I bought off of you? It had the giant tag. It was like crazy. Like, yeah. yeah. So I've worn that so many times now that now we're starting to get to the fading process. Like it's cracking perfect and everything. And like, 
I feel like you just can't recreate yeah. that. Like, you can't manufacture that. Like, there's no substitute for the natural wear. But like, yeah. have you seen like Rap Tea Vintage? Like they, yeah. they, uh, they figured out some way to like just fade the fuck out yeah. of shirts and like. It looks cool, but they almost take it too far. Where it's yeah. like this, this looks like a Forever Twenty One, like, yeah, or like H and M type shit. That's like, where it's hard too, is because like I'm a fan of like the fade and like the distress look and everything, and like you can tell, like especially like Forever Twenty One or H and M, like you see people like like how they do it in factories distressing, like yeah, versus like it just kind of naturally but over the, time. Like, the natural wear, like I mean, that's how that's how that shit turned out. Yeah. Like there's no. Yeah, it's, it's something a lot cooler about that than, like, you, like, working on it and fucking with it to get it to that point. Like, if it just naturally ended up like that and someone painted three houses in it yeah. and, like, fucking fell over because they were drunk and it's got yeah. a hole on the side, like, that shit is way cooler. There's just more, like, memories in it that than, like, sitting there with, like, a fucking scalpel. Yeah, and, like, like, fucking light over the t-shirt. And, like, like figuring, out, get... figuring out the right chemical mix yeah. to, like, I don't like, know. Bro, like, bro, this isn't chemistry. Like, what are we doing? Like, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I know... So, obviously, you have a lot of t-shirts, but I know you mentioned, like, we were talking about it through Instagram and everything, like, on your guys' last episode, talking about, like, you know, getting into art or, like, things like that. Is there anything else that you're kind of, like, really maybe even looking at or, like, thinking about collecting? Um, yeah, like, we had the discussion on our last episode of the podcast, um, the Vices one. We were talking about, like, the next progressive step, like, okay, you have 200 shirts, you have... 50 pairs of shoes like at a certain point you get kind of like like burnt out on it and what me and peter we both kind of agreed on is like like the home decor type of like you know books for your coffee table mm-hmm. or like chairs or like the off like off-white rugs and now the off-white has like the ikea stuff and it's like little things to kind of like build your house and like take more pride because like i'm not gonna care less about a couch or a chair but like if a designer I like or, like, an old artist has something, like, a book that I can yeah. set and, like, other people come over and they see it and we can talk about something that I really am passionate about maybe put them on, I think that's kind of the next wave, you know? Yeah. It's, like, and, like, building out, like, my guest bedroom that's, like, my closet and, like, little office, like, I haven't done anything yet, but, like, if I could put up, like, the skate decks that I have and, like, have little figures and statues and, like, I think that's, I think that's the next wave is having, yeah. like, a nice little, you know, getting into that type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, um, no, and I get that because, like, that's what I'm looking for is, like, books and things like that. Like, even, uh, like, Bowie, uh, shout out Bowie, but, like, he just copped the, uh, what was it, like, fucking a bunch of Stussy books, like, lookbooks from, like, 2004. Like, yeah, like that random stuff dope. like that. Yeah. But it's dope to look at because, like, you can look at your t-shirts all day, but, like, at the end of the day, you know what's there, and, like, you, you don't really kind of, I guess you can look at it once, and that'd be about it. Like, the books, like, there's always something new that you'd see. And, like, or, like, the rap tea book. Yeah. Like, Peter got that um, from his girlfriend, and, like, he brought it to the store, and yeah. we're all looking through it, and, like, that's just such a cool, like, conversation yeah. starter, too. Like, especially if someone comes in your house that isn't, on, like, hip to, like, the vintage, yeah. or, like, why you care about it so much, you can be like, yo, look at all these teas that yeah. were from back in the day, and, like, this one's $800, and you can never be able to find it, and, like, people get interested yeah. in it. They just, like, you know, it's, like, an easy way to spark that conversation, so... I think that stuff's cool. And, like, round two in Chicago, they have a book wall. And, like, he said they're trying to get more into, like, bare bricks and, like, yeah, that higher and that next level of, like, I mean, you can only have so many shoes, but, like, upgrade your your fucking couch. Yeah. Like, let's get some some culture in the living room. Because, like, man, people can go up and, like, look at your rack or closet of your T-shirts, but when you walk in, you got, like, just a basic-ass coffee table with nothing on it or something. 
and that's what it's about. Like you gotta you gotta step your game up. I I feel that. I think it's the same kind of move for me. Like t-shirts are cool, but like I'm I'm still gonna grab t-shirts, of course. But like oh, yeah, yeah, I want to grab some other stuff, you know. And uh, and I, I was gonna ask you. So I have I had all these shirts on hangers and stuff, and when I took them down for the last collection video, yeah. I realized they all have like the dimples on yeah. the from the hangers. So now I have them all just folded in stacks on our guest bed. Yeah. I, do you hang your shirts or do you fold them? Right now I do, but then I am starting to notice that too. Like the it's dimples. bad. Yeah. It's because there's some like I had to actually either try to wear or like I try to dry maybe even try to get it out and like I threw them some in the dryer and it got the like a little dimple out. But that's a lot of process. You could probably like I don't know mess up or shrink the shirt too and like. Yeah. Cause I'm just wondering how people like what's the proper way to store them? Cause yeah. like. Obviously, you don't wear them all. Like, I have over, like, 200, and they're all sitting around. Like, obviously, some don't fit. Some I don't wear all the time. Like, I'm just trying to figure out the best way to store them and, like, access them easily because, yeah. like, folded is tough because, like, unless I had, like, a dresser that was, like, super long yeah. and a lot of drawers, I wouldn't be able to fold them all. So. And that, too, and, yeah. like, I don't know because, like, I just did the rack thing, like, now, like, in my little, like, office area, and, like, it's cool to look at, and, like, it's a cool kind of, like, aesthetic look. But at the same time, I was thinking of that, too. It was like, man, they're starting to do that. But then fold it at the same time, especially when you start to get a lot of T-shirts. It's a bitch to fucking go and, like, look through and, like, find whatever you're trying to look for. And then my problem is I take it off at the end of the day, and I just leave it hanging yeah. somewhere. And, like, to refold it, put it back yeah. in, and, like, they just get messed up yeah. real quick. So I don't know. I also thought about, I don't know, like, but then even that would be weird because, like, I guess maybe that's the next business idea. Like, you know how they have, like, the drop front for fucking, like, we need to make them for, like, like frames that you can, like, literally, like, pick up and then take your T-shirt out and then put it back. Damn. Yeah, then, yeah bro, that, would, that would be tight. Bro, that's the next <laughs> Like, I don't know how that happens. Like You'll have all the hypebeast vintage kids buying, right? fucking, going to the container store <laughs> container. to get their fucking... We get the account with the container store and it starts to go... But, no, man, um, so we're sitting here in the, uh, <laughs> recording in Tony's car right now, because... Outside the bins. The homie Chris, Vintage Cream, shout out, he's... He's a fiend, He's man. a fiend for the bins, man. We, we were sitting at, at JCD and Hobby, and, like, we were opening some cards and stuff, and, like, you could tell he was just, like, this man's staring, issue, like, staring into the future, like, yo, what's getting wheeled out right now? What am I missing? Like, he had to get back. And then we were about to go to lunch, and we were like, yo, you want to come to lunch? <laughs> the look on his face, <laughs> he was like, uh... I don't think so, man. I'm going to eat later. I'm, I need to go back. I need to watch him find some stuff. But yeah, man. I, re- I respect the bin grind, man. It's uh, What do you it, think about that, though? Because, like, you know, starting off, like, I didn't even know about that, which is funny because I lived over here and everything. Like, yeah. I knew of when it opened, and, like, I went a couple times, but I didn't, like, they didn't really have, like, much stuff back then. But, like, what do you think of, like, the racks versus, like, the bins? Is there, well, like... Well, it's funny. The first bin experience I ever had was... I. I started to see people on Instagram posting like the bin finds and I'm like what the fuck like because to me when I heard about the bins it felt like the dirty like cheap like you would never find anything cool but then you find out like that's where all the good shit comes through is the bin so I drove to like uh, Burlingame California and it was like right outside of San Francisco and I go inside and it's just one row of bins and like everyone just turned around and stared at me when I walked in so I it's a very like tight knit you know bin community there and so I, like, stayed for, like, 20 minutes, dug around a little bit, and I left. And I see outside there's all these, like, gay lords of, like, clothing and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, maybe you could pick out here. And I started digging through. So I'm doing a fork. And I was like, hey, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> and I ran. I was like, okay, I'm not going to the bins ever again. Let's go. Sorry, let's so go. I was kind of scarred from my first experience. But I'm definitely, like, a rack dude. Um, like, I just went on that big trip all through, like, Arkansas and Missouri yeah, and how, Memphis. how was that, man? 
it was interesting. It was it was so so much fun to like. I stayed in like five different cities each night. I would, and my whole thing was sundown to sunup. I would just thrift in between sleeping. Yeah. So like, I got my thrift fix for like a while. Yeah. Like I was, but I, I didn't find like. I didn't find like the quality of stuff I thought I was gonna find. I thought I was gonna find like all these cool Harley tees yeah. and band tees and like I found like one eighty nine Cinderella and like the more I looked at it after I got back I found some good shit but like I thought I was gonna like come back with like the yeah. haul you know like because you think and like I've thought about it too is like I think if I ever got out of Des Moines and like I just literally hit like six seven states or something like that I would come back with so much inventory I would come back with so much like sick shit. But you think about it, and because so many people are, like, out here, it's not even just the people that do what we do. There's people, like, fucking, you know, moms out here that eBay flip or just, like, literally, oh, I'm going to start to flip shit for, like, dimes and nickels and stuff because it's something to do. It It's, like, it's very it's, saturated. Yeah. Like, the, man, I, I swear I'm like, all right, I'm going to be in, like, bumfuck Arkansas. Like, I'm not, no one's going to, these thrifts are going to be, like, untouched. Yep. And I walk in and it'd be a group of little, like, teeny boppers like looking through the the men's t-shirts yeah. and i'm like get the fuck yeah, yeah. you know how far i drove and i yeah. it's funny you have that sense of like i drove so far to get here like this is my shit yeah. and like it's their hometown yeah. thrift and i'm just like man like I, I i found some stuff but yeah it was definitely you could tell like it either been picked over or maybe it's just drying up or what but like it's different than it was a, even a year ago i'd say yeah like it's it's getting to the point where so many people are doing it and so many people are looking for the same stuff I think it's just getting harder and you know especially with a business that you guys sell vintage and you take a look at that like do you think there's ever a point where like vintage will you know die of sorts or like not die but like that it will become harder to sell that to a point where you can't maintain a business off of it um well we're we luckily you know have the hype in the shoes yeah, so there's yeah. all and like I feel like we're so uh, like ahead or on track of like what the trends are that like if for whatever whatever reason like vintage took a downturn like we would just shift into like what is is cool yeah. you know that that's the the beauty of buy sell trade is like we can pick what we want to buy because we know it's going to sell so we can always shift but i don't think vintage is going anywhere it's just if anything it's getting crazier and more popular and i was kind of thinking like man we've seen less vintage come in the store but the last couple of days like we've had dudes come with like duffel bags full of heat and yeah. bought a ton of cool shit so like just because we're not out there as much or thrifting locally, like there's people in the city finding it and that ends up coming to the store most of the time. So I, there's still stuff out there. Yeah. It's just, just really about to... being consistent too. You got to be the first one there. You got to be there every day. Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough to get it now, but there's ways. Yeah, exactly. And like, and then having that, because um, I didn't want to touch point on that, like so having that kind of buy, sell, trade, you know, store, um, having people bring stuff in, it's got to be not not as much like it's just got to be a nice addition to have people come in basically go out there find the stuff or just you know you have people that just have had this stuff just sitting they're like okay there's this place here because we talked about the nike buyout and how that happened but yeah. just in general on an everyday basis just having people bring stuff in um is that kind of nice what's the, like the craziest you know kind of uh piece that someone's brought in um one that sticks out to me was this dude comes in and I don't know if he was a current thrifter or he thrifted back in the day or he had collected, but he had all these bulls and like Jordan t-shirts. Like I'm talking like gray tag Jordan tees that I've never seen before. And he had a whole bunch. Yeah. And like we were, you know, we try and keep it like, we don't want to get too hype, but we're telling him like, yo, this is some crazy stuff. And, but we don't want to like 
gas him up where he wants yeah. to like tax us. Um, and it's funny we had this whole stack of shit that we were gonna grab, and he's like, "It's like yeah, I kind of have an idea for, of what I want for this stuff," and we're like, "Okay, yeah, like what were we thinking?" And he said like three hundred or something, and like I'm looking at the stack and I'm like dividing three hundred by how many pieces I'm like. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I think we can do that. Yeah, and like we grabbed everything and like it, like stuff like that happens all the time. Like some uh, vintage rescue was just in the store the other day, um, and he had like two Jimmy mosquito heads yeah. and like this uh, misfits who killed Marilyn shirt. Like, like I love when people come to the store with the old like dirty duffel bags because you know it's about to be some heat. Yeah. So like, and we have it. We had a dude drive all the way from uh, Springfield, Illinois, and he's come twice. And like he's like I could go to all these different stores in the Midwest, but like. I fuck with you guys the hardest. Like, you give me the best deals. Like, it's always, like, super nice and welcoming. And, like, that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. this dude literally drove, like, three hours out of his way. Like, could have gone to wherever else. Like, but he came to us. And, like, it's going to continue to, like, sell to us and want to mess with us. So, yeah, I don't know. I think you just you put that good energy out there and people are going to respond, you know? And that's the truth, though, because you have, you know, in, like, round two and, like, those bigger stories and everything, like, they're still out here with, you know, all their pieces and people still selling to them. But if they give, <laughs> I like to call like, I don't know, like the GameStop deals, you know what I mean? Like, you know, back when like you trade stuff in the GameStop, they give you like 5% of whatever. And like the markup cost, the yeah. thing that I've noticed with you guys is like, obviously we all still got to eat no matter what you're buying. Like you still got to make some sort of profit, but like you still give a good enough deal that like makes it so like the person one comes back, but two, like feels like they're not just letting it go for like a nickel or something yeah because well and i've always wanted to touch on this and we never really want to get into it because it's kind of weird to talk about but it's like if you're coming to us to sell stuff what what is your other option like in iowa city you can list it yourself which a lot of people don't want to do it takes a lot of time and it takes forever to sell sometimes or you can go to like plato's closet and get like four dollars for a shirt that we might give you like 20 for yeah so I think we're very fair with how we pay out. And also, you got to think of our overhead, like, taxes. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that we pay. Like, so if we're giving you 20 to try and sell it for 40 like, that 20 gets eaten up pretty quick yeah. with, like, fees and stuff. So part of, that's part of, like, the service that we offer is, like, if you're coming to us, we're going to try and pay you well. But you don't want people leaving feeling like they got ripped off because yeah. then they're not going to come back. But what I did want to touch on was, like, round two. So we've had a few – now that round two is in Chicago, we have mm-hmm. a few examples of, like, how they pay or what they offer compared to, like, what we do. Yeah. So we have a friend who had uh, some off-white, um, the Volt Air Force Ones. Okay. And they're, like, pre-owned. Like, D owned them, Noah had them, and Peter had them. It got kind of got all traded around yeah. between all of us. And so the dude wanted to sell them. So we didn't know that he took them to round two. And then he comes to the store and still has them. And he's like – what can I get for him? We offered him like 500 store credit. We find out that round two offered him 250 cash or 300 store credit. Wow. So put that into perspective of us, the little guy, yeah. offering 500, and the Giants offered him half. Yeah. Like, like I think people take us for granted sometimes with how well and fair we try yeah. to offer because if the big dude that's making millions of dollars and has multiple stores yeah. is offering you that little, like, maybe... You know, come yeah, in like, yeah. come in like, think about it. Like, yeah, it's, like it's kind like, of like, it's just yeah, because like you look at those stores and like, I, I've had people that have like traded stuff in and even watching the episodes, like looking back, like the man. heat broker episode when he brought in all that. Do you remember that? Like it was I, the Black Friday episode, I think. He brings in like 
a Bride of Chucky promo T-shirt, the Shack T-shirt, uh, the the, Pe- sh- the Shack all over. Yeah, right, like the... they were gonna offer him sixty on that, and then altogether there was like some blind T-shirts, some Birdhouse T-shirts, like a bunch of like really good shit, and like they were gonna offer him I think like three fifty or something. It's like, you know, it's quick, but he could you know make a lot of money on that if you tried. But that's the thing that I've always liked about you guys, and like, is it hard to, you know, have you had a instance where like. Or how to explain to somebody, like, yo, like, this is the best deal you're going to get, or, like, things like that. I mean, we try not to get that point. Like, if they if they don't like our offer, yeah. and, like, that's all we can do, like, sometimes like, people yes. just take it and leave, and yeah. it's like, we tried our best. Like, we can't be mad that they want to keep their stuff, because that's totally up to them. Like, our offer is what we can do based on what we think we can yeah. And that's part of the problem, too, is with StockX and all this stuff, you see, they okay, so you have a used, you have a beat-ass, like, Air Force One or something. Yeah. Say and it's some collab or something. Say that brand new is like four hundred dollars. Yeah. So they know that brand new it's four hundred bucks. So they, in their mind, like, oh, I'm gonna get three hundred dollars. In our mind, it's like if we put this shit out, if we paid you three hundred and tried to get four hundred for it, yeah. No one's ever gonna buy it, and people are gonna come in and think we're tripping. Yeah. So we have to base it on what can we buy it for to what can we put it out on shelf and it'll actually sell for and be a good deal. So sometimes that's where there's a disconnect is people think their stuff is worth more than it is because used stuff. And yeah. also, we buy so much used stuff and put so much time and effort into cleaning it. Like it, And I like I love Boneyard. Shout out to Boneyard. They put the stuff out just how it comes in. They yeah. don't clean the shoes. Like They move stuff too fast where they can't clean it. And I know other stores do that too, but we take pride in like every shoe that comes in that's dirty. Yeah. D's downstairs scrubbing the shit out of it. We relace it. We clean the laces. Like we take pride in that and that's part of like if we're buying your dirty ass shoe we gotta clean it and it might take two days to get on the shelf like and I think that's what people are coming around to is like we provide a service like we're gonna pay you out on the spot clean it up do all the other work that you don't wanna do so that's why sometimes you get less than you want because your product isn't brand new and stuff so it's tough but uh, I I guess the story that happened the other day was some dude came in with uh, Deadstock Sean's and Bread V2's and he said he wanted like seven eight hundred on each, and we offered seven hundred cash on each. And he kind of just like took them and put them in his bag and didn't even counter anything. And I was like, well, we kind of just offered you cash what you wanted. Yeah. And it would have been more in store credit, but like, I don't know. Sometimes you just can't win, and you can't be mad at people for wanting to keep their no. stuff. It's, it's an asset. Yeah. Like you can sell it elsewhere. Or like you can try think, to. Yeah, exactly. And like at the end of the day, if you think about your guys, like the whole in general, the buy sell trade kind of business model is. The people that come in, like, they're looking for quick cash or credit to go and buy. Instead of spending full cash on something that you guys have in store, yeah. they're looking to either put it towards that or, like, things like that. That's why that's why I think it works. Like, the, the business model itself, like, it, it definitely works. And you guys can do, like, you know, really cool sales. You know, speaking of sales, you guys just had your Black Friday. Yeah, that was uh, crazy. How, <laughs> what is the feeling like? Because, like, having, like, like uh, we talked, like, what, 40 people in line, you it, said? Like, it, was, it was deep. Yeah, is it uh, dope to see like and have especially you, you go from the start of like you wanted to open up a store to now people are lining up to go to your guys' store man so like Thanksgiving like all day I was like nervous and excited for the sale and stuff so I get to the store at, like 9.05 and we're opening at 10 like 9.10 maybe and like I pull up and I see people and I'm like oh it's a couple kids out here and then I like go say what up to them and I look down the block and it was like down to like the alley I'm like oh shit like yeah. We still got an hour till we open, and there's, like, probably 20-ish people out here. I mean, it's it's super surreal, man. It's like, yeah, I'd never expected that. Like, even our first Black Friday, we probably had about 
20 to 25 kids lined up and I that we had no idea because we'd yeah. never done it before and we're like man hopefully people show up but we just want to bring back the vibe of like you know in the mall you used to open at like midnight yeah. like, like I remember we used to go to Tanger Outlets like where the Nike is and all that stuff and they would open at midnight so like you'd had your family time you digested it's like alright it's time to go shop yeah. and like stay up late and so that's why we do that late sales kind of like the best deal is going to be from 10 to 2am if you want to come hang out like we're gonna do raffles, giveaways, and like create this experience, and like I think people really appreciate it, and yeah. they, they show out. So it was good, man. It was it was one of our better sales days ever, and it was only like in a couple hours. So like people were really were really fucking with it. Yeah. So it was good. And that's that's what's dope. And like kind of you know looking at things, wrap things up. So you know you take a look at starting and like thinking about where you, you know where you came from, and looking at working that finish line, you know doing you know kind of all of that, and going to open up your store and having that kind of you know nervousness of like is this gonna work to now you know you like you said you just had the black friday sale you look at the people in the community fucks with you guys you know heavy like i feel like because yeah. I, I know a lot of people definitely know you guys and not even just know of but like support yeah. how, do, how does that feel and kind of looking at yourself right now like are you are you kind of happy with everything that's been going on yeah, definitely. It, it it's crazy, but it, it's like validating, you know, because like we all had this idea and we wanted to do the store and like provide something to the community and like to see them, you know, come spend their hard earned money and come to sales and line up and like and also just like like fuck with us on a personal level. Like I think when people come in, part of it is like to see us and talk to us and like like it's all part of like the whole thing and like it's just it's a crazy feeling, you know, and like it's also part of like proving to myself that it was something that was going to work and like was necessary in the community and now just to see it growing and like flourishing is like it's crazy man yeah. it's 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 a uh, it's something i've always dreamed for and like from going through those hard experiences and like having jobs that i hated and like moving halfway across the country like it means a lot to be at this point and be able to look back and be proud of what i've done you know and like it's only going up from here hopefully so that's yeah. the that's it, man. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> well, I'm glad we could definitely sit down and have this conversation, you know. Yeah, man. Hear your story, man, because <laughs> we always hear, you know, like, you guys as a group and kind of everything. And, like, you know, I just always wanted to tell the people your story. And uh, it's definitely a dope one, man. And appreciate you coming on. Yeah, man. Um, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, where can they follow you at? Yeah, so on Instagram, it's at Tony Vice IC. And then, of course, the store is at Vice Iowa City. Um, always posting new gear on my my page i'm always just posting you know personal pickups i don't really i don't really sell too much i'm a hoarder at this point but you know come check me out i'll follow back and then what's your guys's podcast oh <laughs> the podcast uh it's vices so it's like v dot i dot c dot e dot s so it's the vintage io city exchange show um we're trying to get more regular with it yeah. uh <laughs> it's tough to get everybody it's together hard, we all got kids and we don't have much time off so oh, no we don't have kids some of us have kids <laughs> some of us have other stuff going on so it's it's tough to get in there but yeah man we, we try and upload every now and then so come sure. check us out for sure man well, we appreciate you coming on yeah man appreciate you bro all right guys that's gonna end this interview um we want to thank tony for coming on definitely appreciate it we've been trying to uh, like we were saying in the beginning try to make it you know happen for so long and i'm definitely uh happy that we were able to make this happen um, just a couple of takeaways that I got definitely from this interview is, uh, one, you know, Tony is one of the, f you know, few people that I definitely know 
in this business that grinds and has the passion for you know vintage and even past that just has a passion for what he does and that's something i can definitely respect um you know manny and i we speak this on the podcast all the time that you know you got to do what you love and have passion for what you're doing and uh, when i see tony and i see him you know first of all just at the shop um really love you know what he's doing and then also you know going across the country to go and thrift and do all this stuff it shows the drive it shows the passion and shows what he's really looking to do is grind and uh it's definitely like i said it's one he's probably one of the people i respect the most in this business for sure um and then getting into you know his life it's crazy that you know the one thing a couple things i should say that he that really resonated with me is finding that self-happiness with him you know going to california and um figuring himself out and everything if you guys don't have that that moment of finding your self-happiness finding the self-care then you're not gonna be able to make anyone else happy you're not even gonna be able to make your you know your grind or like your passions um you know and pursue those because if you're not helping yourself you're not gonna be happy trying to do anything um no matter what it is and that's something that he touched point with and i want you guys to really you know hopefully you guys get that um through this interview as well and then also you know speaking about um you know his fiance brooke and uh you know just what she went through and you know what tony was going through at that time as well like things you know just seem so small you know like he was saying like getting scammed on a t-shirt like it's such a difference from like actual real shit that happens and um it makes you you know think of life differently for sure and uh i'm so happy that she's healthy and i'm, I'm happy for them so much and you know um can't wait to see you know pictures from their wedding this june and everything it's um just congrats to them and that's really awesome and you know taking it back even uh you know talking vintage even like uh like i said he he's definitely one of the people i respect most in the game and he collects what he loves too and that's that's so awesome um and i i find it interesting like we were talking like about the double stitch single stitch like like he was saying man i have some fire double stitch t-shirts and everything so it's definitely it's definitely cool to think of that and uh, look at all of that um but overall uh, i'm just really happy that we got to do this interview and uh it was, I think this is our longest interview to date, actually, because um, as I'm looking at this, we're, we're hitting about an hour and 15. So thank you guys for, t uh, you know, t staying in and, uh, you know, listening to this. Um, so I'm going to wrap it up here. Don't want it to go too long. Um, do want to thank you guys for listening. Don't forget, you can listen to us anywhere, man, like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, even the Anchor app. Anchors where uh, we record and distribute this podcast and they sponsor us. So shout out to them. Um, and that's going to do it for this episode. You can follow me on Instagram at Rise Again Vintage. Um, you can follow Full Drop Podcast at Full Drop Podcast. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Full Drop TV. And uh, that's going to do it for this one. We have one more episode left in this year, um, and we can't wait to show it to you guys. And then we're going on to 2020, man. Big things coming. Uh, can't wait for you guys to see and uh, come along with this ride for us. So definitely appreciate it. Uh, this is Phoenix signing out. We'll see you in the next one. Peace.